Hey, this is Stephanie Shostak from A Million Little Things, and I'm sitting here with Elias from the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Stephanie, welcome to the cave. Thank you, Elias. How are Happy you? Happy to be here. How are I'm you? good. What's, good, good. What's uh, what's new with you? Now that you've uh, um, season uh, season two has stopped recording, what's new with you? I being home and being a mom and and all that good stuff. So very yeah. happy to yeah. have some time off. Okay, so uh, you know uh, the listeners know you from a million little things, and we'll talk about that. But you've been busy since uh, early two thousands, huh? With uh, Various movie and TV roles, and uh, yeah, let's let's start from there. I want the listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you originally from? I uh, grew up in France. My dad's American and my mom's French, but I grew up in France till I was about nineteen, and then I came to the states to go to college. Uh, was that? And never went back. Was that like a big goal of yours to come to the U.S.? Uh, not really. I didn't really, I, I played golf competitively, uh, in, as a teenager in high school. And I didn't really know actually if I wanted to go to college at all, Yeah. but come 12th grade, uh, I thought maybe it would be a good idea because we don't have college sports. So it was a great opportunity for me to, uh, experience that. I actually took a year off after high school and, and, um, competed in Europe in some, you know, amateur tournaments. I make it sound like I was really good. I wasn't that good. <laughs> I was competitive, but not that good. Uh, and then, so I took a year off and then uh, decided to go to college because of the uh, sports aspect and also because in France we don't have liberal arts. So you sort of have to decide what you want to study. Yeah. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. So, mm. so do you still play golf, by the way? I do, but not not that much. Yeah. I, yeah, it takes a lot of time, and uh, you know, it's like four uh, four hours plus to for a round. And yeah, but I do, I still do, but n- not as much as I used to. So, uh, when you went to college, uh, what did you study there? I studied business. <laughs> I again, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and yeah. I thought, okay, that's probably the best you know, thing I the safest thing for me to have something to fall back on. I didn't really know what what interested me, but I took a bunch of different classes. Did not take any drama classes. Um, but yeah, got a marketing degree. Mm. So how did you uh fall into the to the entertainment industry? Uh at twenty nine years old I was working in corporate America. I, actually at twenty six years old I from working in corporate America, I went into modeling, which is not your typical thing. Uh, it was sort of a chance uh, opportunity, and I thought, what the heck, why not try it? Because I knew my job was not really what I wanted to do. And uh, then pretty quickly, I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to take an acting class. I'd love to take an acting class. But people were like, you're crazy. You're too old. You have an accent. No way. And it took me three years to finally say, okay, 
screw it, yeah. and uh, I'm going to get myself in a theater class. And then found a theater class in New York City with a teacher named Sandra Lee, and I was like, oh, my God, I finally know what I want to do. And I didn't, I had no idea what level I was going to do it, but I just knew I had to do this. How long did you take acting classes for? Oh, years. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, yeah. What I kind of always love to study. Yeah. What would you say is the the best experiences you had in a, in acting classes? Uh, well, what comes to mind is my the first time I did a monologue and. Um, I uh, finished the monologue, and all of a sudden, and I was—I had no idea where I was. Uh, I had no idea what had happened, but I felt more alive than I ever had felt before. And it's what you call a breakthrough, like sort of when you just forget everything. And as an actor, eventually you learn to find your way into the characters without having, without being that far mm. gone. But. Um, yeah, so that, that's, I was like, wow, this is an amazing feeling. So while you were like attending the classes, did you, did you still do the marketing or did you just stop that and just concentrate on the acting? Uh, I did. I did. I worked. So I, I worked, my original job was working at Chanel yeah. in marketing, which was really, you know, a fashion company and very cool. But so I left there and then I worked, uh, part time in an office and doing sort of a data did Excel stuff, data, and I was I was kind of a nerd with Excel. So I worked part time and did modeling part time and took theater classes, and and then eventually, little by little, I think yeah, at like thirty one, I I quit that. Mm-hmm. I, I went all into acting. Did you find it difficult at all, like transitioning from marketing to acting? Uh, no, I mean it was. It's almost like you're, it's two sides of you, you yeah. know, then one was, was really pragmatic and I, 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 I kind of call it the square, it doesn't make sense in English, but this is how I see it, like my square brain and my round brain and the square brain was, the square me was the office me and the round me was the one that was more in touch with yeah. my artistic side and free and so... And I think they all serve a purpose, actually, you know, just later on when I, um, just going to L.A. and to meetings and navigating the business side of the, of, of our, of the industry is, it kind of helped me to have worked in an office and, and sort of know what that's like, yeah. So when you started doing theater and everything, like, what was, was your ultimate goal, TV and movies? Is that what you had like planned no, out? N- no, I didn't. I didn't really have a goal. I, I, just, I remember telling a friend of mine, I was like, I don't know how what I'm going to do if it's going to be community theater. I just sort of went for it. My my teacher said, you know, you're an actor and you work, and I don't care what the work is, you have to work unless it's porn and you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I just. Everything that I could do, I wanted to do, and I didn't, um, you know, I didn't do that many plays. I, even though my training was more like theater, um, pretty quickly I started doing short movies and then independent movies. 
um, that's just sort of where it took me, the road that mm. I, I didn't decide, really. Yeah. And it's good to always work. It doesn't matter what you get. Yeah, and I definitely did not always work. You know, I yeah. had my I still have an accent, but my accent was a lot stronger. So I had a lot of periods of uh, lean periods with no work at all and mm. a lot of rejection. And it's, it's, it's a, definitely a business of persistence yeah. and sort of um, delusion, <laughs> belief in believing in yourself. But it's always good when you get something and you're always like the doubters against you. You're like, you know what? I did it. And I got it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And especially starting so late. And, you know, a lot of my friends were like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. What do you think? You're going to be a movie star? (laughs) So, uh, but but yeah, I mean, you've done a few appearances. Like, you know, you were on Satisfaction on USA Network. You know, you had a part in Devil Wear Prada, you know, Dinner with the Schmucks. Even though you were even a villain in Iron Man. Yes. <laughs> how like how excited was it playing a villain in a movie like that? It was amazing. Uh I was not um a Marvel fan or a superhero fan. Um my agent called me and said there's interest for you an Iron Man and I was like, "What?" <laughs> but I knew it was Robert Downey Jr. and that much I was just very excited about. And then I met with Shane Black, the director, who said, "I'm thinking of you for the role of the villain." And that was super exciting because everybody always saw me for more the you know, the the definitely not a villain. Yeah. I constantly would get things like, "Oh, you're she's not strong enough. She's not this enough." So um, that somebody saw me as, as that was uh, super exciting and very scary at the same time. Um, and then working with Downey was is, is I think my best the best experience of my life. Uh-huh. So I am so happy I got to do that. Before a million little things, would you say that was like your favorite role, or do you have any other ones? Um. But my favorite experience, yeah, and 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 the role, definitely, yeah, and the role also was small to begin with, but then as in the finished product, product, but then when we were shooting, they actually made it bigger, um, so I ended up working for a lot longer, and then in the end, they brought it back to what it, it was originally, um, but yeah, it, it was my favorite experience. Mm. Just I learned a lot. Um, from Robert Downey Jr., he really helped me with sort of just letting go and trusting yourself and just watching him work was, was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you star in a Middle of Little Things, you played Delilah. I want to, you know, how was your, tell us about your audition. When you first went in there for that, were, were you auditioning for that role or was it a different one? Uh, well, there was no going in there. Because I live on the East Coast. I did a self-tape, and it was for Delilah. And um, it said, you know, American accent. And I thought, well, no, I'm just going to do me because it's TV and it's going to be a lot of episodes. So I know that, you know, I I just want to have maybe less of an accent than what I have. but. So I thought if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. And they responded to it. 
um, and they asked me to come to test in L.A., and, and for testing, you know, it's usually it's like the second round when you have maybe three or four actresses who test in front of producers and the show creator and the director. And But at that moment, I found out that it was going to shoot in Vancouver. And so I said, I can't do it. That's too far away. So... Um, my agent and my manager were really, really tried to convince me otherwise, but I said, no, that's too far. I'm not going. And that was, I think, a Thursday. And then on Sunday, they called back and they said, what will it take? Uh, we are family people. We'll make sure you can go see your family. And if you want it, we will give you the job. So there was no more testing anymore. And it was just, we'll give you the job. So my husband and I, had a long talk and he is the most supportive husband that I know and he said do it do it it will be an adventure and and then two days later I was I was leaving for Vancouver to start shooting so uh how would you describe a Delilah uh well it's hard because I think when you meet her you know this most tragic the, the the biggest tragedy uh has happened her mm-hmm. husband died by suicide uh so she's dealing with grief also her marriage was falling apart and you, you find out at the end of the first episode that she was having an affair um so when you uh, to me what was really interesting is when i read the script is i, I really didn't know who delilah was i had no idea yeah. and the first season, she's dealing with all with shame and regret and guilt and grief. And um, second season, by the end, of, right where now we're, we're airing, I think you're finally sort of getting a glimpse of, because the truth has come out, she's come clean to her kids. And that was actually a really interesting thing for me as an actress playing her, because all of a sudden I felt this weight lifted you know, when when she came clean to her kids, and I realized, oh my God, she's care- she's had this the shame really paralyzes the way you relate to people in mm. the world, and so and then she the distance from you know the grief is less. It's been over a year, so we're starting finally, I think, to see who Delilah was before all of this and Mm. i think you know she's an incredible mother i think she brings people the group together we everybody said john was the one that brought everyone together which is definitely true but who was behind the woman behind john who you know prepared the house for the parties and the dinners and it was her Mm. and um so i think she's very generous um and to a false self uh, facing she she forgot who she was and i think that's why she went she got into the situation that she did because she stopped fighting for who she was she, and she really forgot who she was which you know is something that happens when you devote yourself maybe completely to motherhood and being a wife and and you're not that fulfilled in other areas, maybe. Is there is there anything you would change about the character? No. No. Hmm. Because that's drama. There's yeah. a lot of things that were hard for me to deal with. Yeah. 
uh, all her decisions. You know, she did oh, not yeah. make decisions that I necessarily, I was like, oh my gosh, why, why? <laughs> but that's drama. Yeah. So like when you get the script and you read that and you're like, oh, this is what, you know, like, oh, this is where we're going to go. Like, like, is there times where you're like, man, is it like, is it ever going to get better for her? Uh, yes, for sure. It's that, like, really, now this? She's finding out this? Uh, <laughs> or really, she's deciding to do this decision, um, but then, you know, you can't, that might be the initial initial uh, reaction, but then you can't judge your character, and you have to put yourself in her shoes and have empathy and understand, mm. which is when which is an amazing thing, I think, about being an actor. It's, it really uh, reminds you not to judge. Mm-hmm. And now, like, you have great chemistry with Lizzie Green and Chance. Like, how would you describe that? Since, you, you know, you said you're a mother and everything. Like, how how would you describe the chemistry for that? Oh, it's so natural. Uh, I love working with them. Playing a mother and uh, my scenes with them is one of my favorite things on the show. Uh, they're amazing. They're so free. They put up with me, you know, baby talking them or touching them like uh, Chance. A lot of times I, you know, I squeeze his shoulders in the scenes. And I remember when we started working, I was like, is it okay that I, and he was like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, you're really good at playing a mom. <laughs> <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever have to turn off like mom mode when you're with them? Turn off? Yeah, like, you ever have to, like, pre- like you remember, like, you're their co-workers and you're not really, like, their mom? Do you ever, like, get that? No, actually, yeah. like, from the get-go, yeah. I was, you know, I did, my role is to be, I was like, I'm going to be their their mom and take care of them. And yeah. um, that helps, I think, when, for then when you're in, during scenes, if you sort of adopt that, that role, even when you're, the cameras are not rolling. Mm-hmm. Now, like, how would you describe, like, the story, like, right now with, like, you and Sophie? Like, you guys went through, like, this little bump, and now, like, it seems like things are getting better and better. Uh, yeah, and I think they, because of what happened, Sophie lost her father way too young under tragic circumstances. She found out that her dad was not who she you know, that her dad had hidden, had yeah. a past that he hid from their family. Then she found out that her mother did, too. It's horrible. Um, so I think, but I think that they are sort of, they were forced into a new dynamic that is not your typical mother-daughter. Um, and in a way, uh, you know, because I don't think it's necessarily appropriate for a mother to talk to her daughter about her love life yeah. <laughs> ever. Uh, maybe when the daughter is grown up. But I think because of the circumstances, they're sort of forced into this older dynamic as if Sophie was older. And But it's kind of a beautiful thing um, that, you know, there, there's no, nobody's to tell you what your relationship should be with your kid. And I think they made, they found this new dynamic and that's what it's going to, need to be also Sophie is helping with Charlie sort of being you know the big sister who's really taking care of the little sister so she's mm. uh forced into an older role yeah do you do you feel like you're a mom sometimes to James Roday's character also Gary 
Uh, yeah, I th- I think so. I think they sort of because he there is something a little bit childish about him. You know, he's. I think Delilah has always known that underneath the humor and the masking of you know that 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 Gary is a really sensitive person who's who's been hurt and um she know she knows how to deal with him in, mm. in the way my mother does knows yeah. how to do that so other than like your storyline for your character what's been like do you have like another favorite storyline that's going on right now that you enjoy watching oh my gosh the the adoption the that's really um that's uh, it's so interesting and it's i i just i you know i have friends who adopted and they had an open adoption and there was there was there were so many things along the road that were so difficult so um i think that's great i think the actors are amazing i also love um you know what's happening with eddie and finding out what 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 is going on with his sister and it seems like there's stuff hidden there and is it going to explain sort of who Eddie is um and then of course you know Gary and Maggie yeah. I think at Delilah too she's just like oh my god you belong together like <laughs> when is this gonna happen right my wife gets mad at that she's like can they just get back together and be done yes <laughs> yes <laughs> So, how is it working with the rest of the cast? It's the most incredible group of people. We've become all really good friends. Um, I I don't know. I, I to DJ's credit that he assembled this group of people. It's amazing. Nobody has you know a big ego. Everybody is a team player. Which we hang out. It's it's fun and i think our chemistry you know at the beginning was great but then as through the season it's when we're all together all of us on during scenes it's our favorite thing mm-hmm. uh it's really hard for visiting directors because we won't shut up and we st- can't stop you know playing around uh but yeah we we have a lot of time hanging out together when I had DJ, when I had DJ on the show, that was one of the things he said. He goes, "I," he goes, "when he first started casting, he goes, he goes, I wanted to find people like down to earth, strong, and like family oriented, and you know, these, he wanted to like show each character the way he envisioned." Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so, down to earth, definitely <laughs> everybody is down. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's very cool. He and also I think. You know, it's not your typical network TV group of actors either. I mean, I know for me, when I started auditioning, I remember going for network and then my agent saying, you're never going to work on network TV because you have an accent and they don't like accents. And I recently said this to DJ. I was like, thank you, DJ. <laughs> so um, so he kind of uh, wrote that in there in the scripts too that, you know, you were – your background was French and everything. He he must have tweaked a few yeah. things around in there. Yeah, yeah. In, in the pilot, he uh, he uh, decided he was like, "We'll make her half French, half American." Is there is there somebody on the cast that you would love to work with even more, like have more scenes with that you haven't had in the past? 
Well, I was just, you know, I haven't had that many scenes with Romani, and I'm like, I wish I maybe we'll hopefully we'll have more because mm-hmm. we really didn't have that many. What's uh, what's the funniest thing that's happened to you on set? Uh, the funniest thing. Oh my gosh! Why do I always blank? Let me come up with a good story for you. There's so many good stories. Uh, okay, let's. What's your next question? Maybe I'll come up with something. <laughs> well, actually, my next question was going back to your acting world, or like, uh, what do you enjoy more, self tape or auditioning in front of people? Auditioning in front of people for sure, because there's an energy in the room, and when you're self taping, that goes away. And also, you don't get to be. You send a self tape, and you can't. You don't have a second chance for. Uh, direction and doing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing, um, you know, um, I don't, I can't think of something <laughs> funny. Something, I'm, I'm blank. Do you have a favorite moment? A favorite moment? Um, I love, I love my scenes with uh, uh, Danny. It's just always so sweet he's so in the moment and a lot of times it reminds me of you know it feels like i have two boys so it reminds me of my younger boy um and when he does this belly laugh and we improv too together a little bit that's great that's always fun (laughs) yeah so you said you started late in your career what's some advice that you would give to somebody well, if they told you, I want to get in the acting world, I want to get the theater or TV or movies, what do you? T- what would you tell them? Uh, well, first I would make, I would ask them why, and you know, if it's for any other reason, then you can't imagine yourself doing anything else. But then you shouldn't do it. Like you really need to love, love acting, love the craft. If not don't do it because there's so much rejection um, that it will, you won't last. Um, and then I would say don't just make the role your own and not do not think about what people want or what you need to do to get the role. There's nobody who can do it like you. Uh, and that's what you can bring. What you can bring is unique. And if, if you don't bring that, if you cover that, then – there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I spent too many years trying to figure out. Oh my God, uh, what do they want? What do they want? And and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Do you have like a dream role that you want to play someday? Um, I, what came to mind just now was you know the French movie La Femme Nikita, which uh, I love. Something crazy like that would be fun. Yeah, that's sure. awesome. So on your downtime, what do you uh, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? I know you're a mom and you have kids. What do you enjoy doing? Uh, I am also. We just got a puppy. I just enjoy. I actually am a real outdoors person. Love to you know play golf, ride our bikes together, kayaking, um, walk in the woods, nature. Um, yeah, I love being outside. It's a way that I recharge and. Uh, really release the stress and just forget about all the to-do list. Being outside is is so um, it's like a 
you charge your phone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And like today, we have a beautiful day today. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. I'm looking at the blue sky right now. <laughs> so, um, really, what's a fun fact about you that you want the listeners to know? Like something that nobody knows. Um, I can, uh, I'm, I'm married to an American man and he taught me how to throw a football and, you know, maybe two out of three times I can throw a spiral. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so what's next for you in 2020? I know you got a break with, um, a million little things. Is there any other projects you're working on? Um, I, there's a book that I'm hoping it's it, it's a spoof on a kids book it's for adults that's all I'll say because I don't know if uh, what's going to happen with it but I'd love to get that started and and then just right now Tilkis I'm being home there you and, go. There yeah you go. so uh, lastly um how can the listeners find you on social media uh I'm all I do really is Instagram and it's at Steph Shortstack all right, Steph. This was fun. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Elias. Have a good day. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, the MCCPodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.